0: I was glad when they said unto me, we will go into the house of the Lord. O Lord, open thou our lips.
1: And our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Praise ye the Lord.
1: The Lord's name be praised.
0: Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves gladden him with psalms. The Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. This sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land Psalm 56 on page 408. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man goeth about to devour me. He is daily fighting and troubling me.
1: Mine enemies are daily at hand to swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most Highest.
0: Nevertheless, though I am sometime afraid, yet put I my
1: trust in Thee. I will praise God because of His word. I have put my trust in God and will not fear what flesh can do unto me.
0: They daily mistake my words. All that they imagine is to do me evil.
1: They hold all together and keep themselves close and mark my steps when they they lay wait for my soul.
0: Shall they escape for their wickedness? Thou, O God, in thy displeasure, shall cast them down.
1: Thou tellest my wanderings. Put my tears into thy bottle. Are these not things noted in thy book?
0: Whensoever I call upon thee, then shall mine enemies be put to flight. This I know, for God is on my side.
1: In God's word will I rejoice. In the the Lord's word will I comfort me.
0: Yea, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto
1: me. Unto thee, O God, will I pay my vows. Unto thee will I give thanks. But thou hast delivered my soul from death, and my
0: feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living.
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
0: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: Here beginneth the sixth chapter of the first book of Samuel. Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners saying, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to its place. So they said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means, return it to him with a trespass offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then they said, What is the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden tumors and five golden rats, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. Therefore you shall make images of your tumors and images of your rats that ravage the land, and you shall give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and the Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he did mighty things among them, did they not let the people go that they might depart? Now therefore make a new cart take two milk cows which have never been yoked and hitch the cows to the cart and take their calves home away from them then take the ark of the lord and set it on the cart and put the articles of gold which you are returning to him as a trespass offering in a chest by its side then send it away and let it go and watch if it goes up the road to its own territory To Beth Shemesh, then he has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us, it happened to us by chance. Then the men did so. They took two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chest with the gold rats and the images of their tumors. Then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh, and went along the highway, lowing as they went. And they did not turn aside to the right hand or the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted their eyes and saw the ark, and rejoiced to see it. Then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, and stood there. A large stone was there. So they split the wood of the cart, and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord, and the chest that was of it, with it, in which were the articles of gold, and put them on the large stone. Then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. These are the golden tumors which the Philistines returned as a trespass offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, one for Ekron. AND THE GOLDEN RATS, ACCORDING TO THE NUMBER OF ALL THE CITIES OF THE PHILISTINES, BELONGING TO THE FIVE LORDS, BEING FORTIFIED CITIES AND COUNTRY VILLAGES, EVEN AS FAR AS THE LARGE STONE OF ABEL, ON WHICH THEY SET THE ARK OF THE LORD, WHICH STONE REMAINS TO THIS DAY IN THE FIELD OF JOSHUA OF BETH SHEMESH. THEN HE STRUCK THE MEN OF BETH SHEMESH, BECAUSE THEY HAD LOOKED INTO THE ARK OF THE LORD. He struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. And the man of Bethshemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go up from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord come down and take it up with you. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: Benedictus S on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
3: Here begins the 13th verse of the 12th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Here ends the second lesson.
0: Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people Whereby the day-spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: And with thy spirit.
0: Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
1: And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
0: O God, who has prepared for those who love thee such good things as pass man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love towards thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, Neither unto any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord.
4: Amen. Good morning to all. There's a couple of interesting elements in the, you know, the sort of the triumph of the ark over the Philistines uh, in this story. Um, First of all, the way it's all set up that, that, um, they're trying to determine if, you know, this is really God hap- that, that's plaguing us or just sort of some sort of chance occurrence. So the the cows that are that are used here, they're termed milk cows who've never been milked, and they're loaded up to draw this cart, leaving the calves behind who want the milk, and they would naturally as mothers be drawn to go back and milk them, so they have to move against their natural inclination uh, when they say well if it goes by the road to Beshemish this is God and Beshemish apparently is you know sort of up the hill and not the easiest road so these these cows have to move against their natural maternal instincts and up the hard road and when they do that you know so they're and they're being compelled by God to do it by the power of the ark this is sort of the narrative arc of the story there's also the allusion to the exodus that that um, the, the narrative calls to mind the idea what happened to the Egyptians, you know, and and uh, and here it's interesting that the exodus such as it is, is the glory of God is an exile and he wins his own victory. And um, it, it kind of harkens forward to the New Testament where the identity between Jesus himself and his people in the body of Christ is so close here, it's just God's presence. Uh, that, that wins this victory all, all by himself, but it, the glory of God is in exile, and so it comes back from exile. God kind of, you know, conducts his own exodus, and and therefore the story that, that the triumph of the God of Israel over the Philistines by his own sole power. Um, the interesting story is so that the the ark goes back to the Israelites in this town in this town, and they're all happy, and they start. They offer a sacrifice, so the two milk cows who had to leave their young behind become the sacrifice that that uh, that is offered uh, upon the return of the ark. But the the interesting story is that, or, or a, a troubling, I suppose, that he he struck the men because they looked into the ark. And what we're going to get in the narrative of the ark here in this sort of interim period before it becomes settled in Jerusalem is is this. The reason that there, there will be other things happening to people who mishandle the ark. And if we go back to the to the Torah, God gave very specific instructions how you're supposed to handle the ark. You know, anyone does come look into it. It's the presence of God. And so what we're having here is this idea of people, not Israel, who, who was given God's word. We go back to the temple at Shiloh where Eli and his sons did not obey God's word in terms of how they were supposed to the, uh, handle the ark, and they were judged. So the ark goes down to the Philistines, and they try to treat the ark as a trophy, and God wins that victory. Now the ark's coming back to Israel, and they're learning that they can't just handle the presence of God any way they want to. When God says, this is how you handle the presence, and and this is the the kind of the tension. Somebody to look back and say, oh, this this Old Testament God that judged people and and provided consequences, but that's always a consistency with the presence of God. There are uh, blessings accrue from God's presence to God's people when they approach him in accordance with his will and word, and when they give him the honor he is due as God, loving God uh, first and foremost with all the heart, soul, and mind, and then obeying his word, then the blessings of God accrue. But when we begin to treat the ark as, or the presence of God as something we use for our own benefits, you know, oh, here's the ark's back, now, now we, have, we can get God to, to be on our side again. And, and so there's always this balance in the life for prayer between the, the grace of God, which, which with God freely embraces us, but when he freely embraces us, he's gonna highlight what's amiss in our lives. And our continued relationship with God always has this tension between the free acceptance by God and then his re- revealing to us of his will and word for our lives that he expects us to follow. And as we do that, we grow in his grace and blessing. We begin to rebel against that. Then there we, we experience consequences like the men who peered into the ark. And it relates a little bit to the New Testament story in the sense that Jesus is now the Ark of the Covenant. We should see the connection coming in, walking along, and this guy comes up to him. And, he, and rather than falling down and saying, you know, God, you're here, so good, you know, I'm happy to, to walk with God. He wants the Ark to solve his problem with his brother. Come, you know, and that's kind of what we do with God sometimes. We say, okay, um, my main focus is on life, what I want in the world you know, what Isaac said, and I'm going to bring God into that to help me instead of turning it around. And and so the, the, the problem with, and this is something that we can think about in our own lives. This, the, the guy was angry at his brother over an inheritance issue. And, and a lot of these things for us become distractions. We have something in the world where envious, angry, some injustice, we allow that to consume us. And what really makes life fulfilling and worthwhile, whether we're in a state of struggle or prosperity, is the presence of Christ, the ark, with us. And when he's with us in our struggle, teaching us not to be covetous, even though we're not getting something we want, we're going to experience the blessing of God. And when he's with us in prosperity and we learn to be generous, not just building barns to store it for ourselves, but learning to share as God shares, we experience his blessing. But as soon as we see God as instrumental to something we want, rather than the very source of our life and blessing, um, we, we begin to fall into problems the Israelites did. And and so um, we always have to remember that God is life and Lord, the one we come to. And we interpret our lives, what's happening in our lives in terms of our relationship with God, rather than seeing God as instrumental as the way to get the things we want in life. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We will
0: continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for thine inestimable love